This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm Flashpoint host, Cherry Gregg. There's no secret Philadelphia is seeing an opioid crisis. In 2017, roughly 1,200 people died due to overdoses associated with opioid use. And in recent months, there's been an all-hands-on-deck approach to the epidemic with behavioral health, insurance agencies, doctors, law enforcement, and city officials all working together to curb the use. But another epidemic, one we speak less about these days, is intersecting once again with opioids. I'm talking about HIV and AIDS. And in honor of World AIDS Day on December 1st, I have Jane Shaw, Chief Executive Officer of Philadelphia Fight, here to discuss a new health advisory that came out earlier this year that talks about this intersection. Jane, welcome to the KYW Studios. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about this this health advisory. It didn't, you know, it flashed, uh, you know, in our email boxes. But because people don't always talk about HIV and AIDS as much as they used to, it, it, people may have missed it. Yeah, I think I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. So what happened is that the health department put something out in October where what they said was that in the 12 months ending in October 2018, twice as many people got infected with HIV through IV drug use as in the previous year. And the numbers aren't that huge, but doubling in a year is like, you know, it's kind of a flashing red light. And I think we really need to be concerned about it. Yeah. And the numbers, like you said, they aren't huge. I mean, they went from, uh, you know, from 31 cases of HIV to um, 46 new cases of HIV. And this is among people who inject drugs and give people a quick refresher because, you know, you know, people may have forgotten. They don't talk about HIV and AIDS. You think you use condoms and, and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I mean, there are limited ways that you can acquire HIV, but uh, sharing needles, works, syringes, any kind of paraphernalia um, with drugs with somebody else is always dangerous. The other way that I think is what people remember is through unprotected sex. And if you use a condom, you know, then you're protected. We've pretty much eliminated perinatal transmission. That is a pregnant Mm -hmm. mother passing it on because you can treat the mother before Every there, there hasn't been a baby born infected in Philadelphia if the mother got prenatal care in many years. But the numbers with people who were using drugs have been extremely stable in Philadelphia for, you know, 15 years or something. And the CDC actually just put out its annual report, and that is the national organization that's monitoring this stuff. But they're, you know, they're kind of a year behind in what they're reporting on. And they're saying, oh, yeah, it's still stable. Well, not in Philadelphia. So if you share a needle with somebody or you share a cookery, you share anything with somebody, and that other person is HIV positive, you are at risk of becoming infected. And so this is important information, especially because the opioid epidemic is affecting so many people, regardless of socioeconomic economic class or what have you. And could you talk about this a little bit? Because, I mean, a lot of people have kids who are struggling, family members who are struggling with this, friends. Yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely right. I think one way to think about this is there's probably more than one epidemic, but it's all it's all kind of leading to the same Point. Um, we are working with Prevention Point 
Philadelphia, which is the city's needle exchange program, and we have a clinic in their space in Kensington. And so we know that the epidemic that I think kind of gets written about the most, which is um, young people coming to Kensington, they think they're just going to be day trippers and they're going to leave, and then weeks later they're still there getting high, completely addicted. So there's that epidemic that's happening which is young people who you know really don't understand what they're getting into. There's also a phenomenon that we're seeing, and I think everybody who works with people who have a history of addiction is seeing, which is people who didn't use for many years have now picked up and started to use again. And that's the epidemic I think that we see the most of at Philadelphia Fight, where I can tell you we are seeing deaths, the rate of deaths among our patients is what it was in the early 1990s. And it's, you know, it, it's like, it's again, it's like living in a tsunami of death. And it's, you know, it's very upsetting to the patients, our other patients, our staff, their families. And, you know, it's just tragic because there are people who really were stable and who weren't using drugs and who, you know, who've gotten back into it. The third epidemic is, you know, another one that gets written about a lot. And, you know, I mean, it is a third epidemic, which is, People who were prescribed painkillers and the state of Pennsylvania is making it much harder for people to stay on painkillers for very long periods of time. So if you are taking, you know, Percocet or something and you go to get a prescription, your physician is now required to look at a database and see, did you fill a prescription someplace else recently or how much are you taking? And all of the insurance companies are looking at these things very, very carefully and they're you know, they're refusing to, to approve chronic, meaning long-term use of a lot of these pain medications. So that is something else that seems to be driving some people kind of back into drug use. So it's kind of, you know, like triple yeah. whammy. You know? Yeah, it's a lot. And, and some of the, and you know, people uh, have, have asked the question because we did a whole Flashpoint show on the other side of the opioid epidemic um, of people living with chronic pain. And we had a chronic pain patient and she was talking about how a lot of people have actually committed suicide. People have gone to harsher street drugs to try to deal with the chronic pain that they're dealing with. And so you have that. And of course, all of that is a backlash to trying to deal with the over uh, use of opioid prescriptions and things like that. But now, you know, and I had just checked on this months ago and I said, Hey, you know, is the issue of HIV and AIDS, is it cropping back up? And everybody said, no, 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 it's not going to be an issue. And now it seems like it, it just might be if we yeah. blink, if we blink too long. Yeah, I think we have the health department advisory. We know that, you know, of the excess people yeah. in the last year, we know we've seen at least 10 of them. And that was a month ago that our docs told me that. We've probably seen more. And what's also interesting is we had three patients at three different clinics that fight runs, all of whom had the same pattern in their virus. You know, not all HIV virus is the same because with the older treatments, if you had these treatments and then you drop them, you're going to develop what they call resistance and you can't use those drugs again. And we found three people who had the same resistance that what I'm told is it means that that somewhere in this group of people who were sharing needles, there's a person who was taking medicine 10 years ago or more and stopped taking it. And now he's passing on this, this resistant form of virus 
to other people. So, you know, it's it's kind of evidence that people really are sharing needles. Yeah. And so let's just make it, you know, for folks who listen and they say, you know, well, I don't use drugs. I'm not sharing drugs. But this, you know, people are in recovery. They get better. And this could have a, a wider impact if it's not contained. Yeah, it could have a wider impact. I think that people who are in recovery are really at risk um, because we've seen it. And But, you know, even if you're not using drugs, I think it's almost impossible to live in Philadelphia at this point and not know somebody who is. Yeah. Because, you know, we're, we're for whatever reason, you know, we're the epicenter, or, you know, or the, or the East Coast where we have, you know, we have the most intense heroin. We have the most heroin laced with fentanyl, which is part of why there's all these, yeah. you know, all these overdoses. But, you know, it's like. Every, every place I go, not just my organization, you know, people have relatives, they have friends, they have a story. So I really think this is this is affecting everybody now. Yeah. And so what are, what is being done to prevent it? Because I know with harm reduction, you know, which was very controversial back in the day. Uh, and now you got people talking about, you know, harm reduction is is, is being embraced on major levels um, to the point where people are even trying to create, you know, safe injection sites. You know, that's the big talk of the town now. But, I mean, harm reduction is one way that people try to prevent uh, the spread of HIV and AIDS. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah. So so there there are a couple things that people can do. Um, there, Prevention Point Philadelphia hands out clean needles. And mm-hmm. you can go to Prevention Point, you know, look it up online, preventionpointphilly.org online, and you will be able to go there and get clean needles, clean everything so that you don't need to share needles with other people. I think that one of the reasons that HIV has started to break out is because there are a lot of people who either have not used drugs for a long time or who are new to using drugs and they don't know that they can get clean needles. So it's very important that people know that they can get clean needles. The other thing is that we can prevent HIV by what we call PrEP, pre-exposure prophylaxis, stop it before it ever happens. And PrEP has been used the most um, relating to men who have sex with men. Mm -hmm. But But we know it would work. We know it would work in this environment too. And it's a question of resources. You know, nobody really has the resources to mm-hmm. do prep in in this in the environment of of injection or IV drug use. But if we but we are working on trying to do it, I think there's other people who are working on trying to do it. And if you you know if you're going to continue to inject drugs, you can take one pill once a day, and you will not acquire HIV. Mm-hmm. So you know we could stop it. Yeah, yeah, we could so. People could take, you know, high risk folks, because a lot of people, once you start getting into opioids, some people do. And this is a tough thing to talk about. But people, you know, exchange sex for drugs, which also puts you in another high risk situation. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know that's happening because people have come to us and they've said that that's, you know, that that's what they're doing. So that's kind of two high risk situations. But if they are not HIV positive, then they could take PrEP. Yeah, it is. It's available. It's a it. Yeah, yeah. It's a you know a prescription drug. It's a, right now what they use is Truvada. So yeah. that, that's the name of the drug. And absolutely, I mean, you know what I always say when I'm talking about this is that the point about prep is you will not acquire HIV no matter what you do. Yeah. Period. End yeah. of story. So that's you know that's the best option. I think that the part of the problem is with 
the with the drug users uh, that there aren't programs that are really trying to focus on them. And as a matter of public policy, we need to do that. Yeah. And I got to mention this, um, you know, and I just did a story on, you know, the rulings within prisons concerning um, hepatitis C. And I understand nearly 60 percent of um, those newly identified HIV cases are also they have co-infections with you know, hepatitis C now. Yeah. Which well, is a, which is, you know, yeah. they have a cure. There's a, a, a virtual cure for that. It's super expensive, but, but still people walking around here, which with hep C and, and HIV. Absolutely. And so this, it was a great victory that they won that lawsuit mm-hmm. because now in the state prison system, everyone who was infected with hep C is going to be treated and they're, they're going to be cured. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a cure. And over over the past two years, the drugs have become much more available in Pennsylvania in a variety of settings. First of all, they're a lot cheaper than they were because they were like go- almost a hundred grand. Yeah, they've for gone. A treatment, it, yeah, where it, it a course of treatment now is about twenty five percent of what it was yeah. two years ago. Second thing that happened, partly I think because it's cheaper now, is that Pennsylvania Medicaid was persuaded over time not to treat people before they're so sick that they're going to get sicker even if they cure the, the hepatitis C. Yeah. So now anybody at any stage of treatment can can get treated and Medicaid will pay for it, and then you don't have that additional harm in your life. And I have to give a little plug that one of the most important people in making this happen was Dr. Stacy Truskin, who's the director of FIGHT's Hepatitis C program. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, been the expert witness, but, you know, she's an activist too. She's a doctor, but she's gone to hearings mm-hmm. and she's brought people with hepatitis to come and, you know, make sure that the legislature understands what's really going on so this this is it's very good news we don't quite know what the philadelphia prison system is going to be able to do but it's very good news yeah and so these co-infections are happening as well and yep. so folks need to uh deal with this we need to at least uh be aware of it and not act like hiv and aids is not a, a potential issue um, and to remind people that there are there's prep out there. You can get clean needles. You don't you can reduce the harm while you're out here before you can get into recovery. So that at least give you a chance yourself a chance at recovery and, and to be at full health. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if you're using drugs or, you know, a person who's using drugs, first remember that Narcan is required to be available in every pharmacy in Pennsylvania. You can get Narcan. You can reverse an overdose. Really important that people that people know that. And secondly, with the harm reduction perspective, you can treat hepatitis C if you're infected, and you can treat HIV too. But you can prevent HIV, and you can prevent yourself from getting Hep C by using clean needles. You can also prevent HIV with prep. There are answers. Yeah, and I mean the good news is that you know. People who do, there is this, you know, we talked about the, the hep C having a, a cure. Uh, and and then if you do get HIV, there are um, effective treatments. But there's a way to, there, I mean, like you said, just avoid it. Just yeah. avoid it. Avoiding it is best. But I think the other thing is there's a lot of hope with HIV. Yeah. I mean, we've been working with the Wistar Institute, the University of Pennsylvania, and, a, you know, it's actually a worldwide coalition of scientists on a grant for several years to work toward a cure 
there is a lot of money being spent on this and they're getting somewhere. So I think there's, you know, there's some hope for a cure for HIV. Yeah. And so let's talk about World AIDS Day, December 1st. It's a chance uh, for us to talk about um, HIV, to talk about AIDS on, you know, local, state, national, international level. And it's, it's, it's our chance to bring this up. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the good thing about World AIDS Day is that it really shines a spotlight and it reminds people that this epidemic has not gone away. It's better, but it hasn't gone away. And as you know, we do the prayer breakfast every year. And so this year, you know, we're having a prayer breakfast double tree hotel um, from 8 to 10, you know, with with a, with a list of speakers. Uh, but I think, you know, a lot of people do a lot of activity. University of Pennsylvania has has the Red Ribbon Awards the mm-hmm. night before where they, you know, they honor people who've done various things to really advance the cause of ending the AIDS epidemic. And it's important to remember this. Yeah, yeah, it's important to remember. So tell people where they can find more information, you know, deal with this, you know, point people in the right direction for harm reduction, find out more about Philadelphia fight. And, um, you know, let's, let's stop the spread of this disease. Yeah, that's, that's what we need to do. You can find us online at www.fight, like the word fight, F I G H T dot org. And there's information on our website. And I would also urge people to look up prevention point Philadelphia and look on their website for information on where you can get clean needles and other services if you're somebody in active addiction or if you've got a loved one in active addiction. Yeah. And there's 24 hour treatment centers now that you can go to at any time. If you have a moment and you decide that today is the day they have, they will find a space for you. Yeah. 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 The city is really moving toward making treatment available for people. Wonderful. Wonderful. So uh, thank you so much, Jane Scholl, uh, CEO of Philadelphia Fight. We appreciate you coming in and talking about this issue in the news in advance of World AIDS Day. Yeah, well, thank you. This has been a Flashpoint Extra. Flashpoint is KYW News Radio's weekly public affairs show. It airs every weekend on 1060 a.m. on your radio dial. And it comes on at 9.30 p.m. on Saturdays and Sunday morning at 8.30. So you can subscribe to the Flashpoint podcast for exclusive content like this extra. You can find us on the Radio.com app, the Apple Podcast app, or any podcast flat, uh, platform. All you got to do is search Flashpoint KYW. If there's something in your community that has you hot under the collar, let us know and we'll walk you through the flames. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Flashpoint Show. Mine is Cherry Greg. And thank you because you're a part of the Flashpoint fam. So we really appreciate you listening and subscribing to our podcast. We work really hard and we really, really care about the community. So until next time, I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Thanks for listening.